You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. As I record this, the White Sox are in first place. They're in first place. They're sitting around and they're looking at the rest of this division, which all of a sudden feels like it's more winnable than it's ever been before. And I wanted to talk about that. It's really great when your team gives you an opportunity to raise the stakes. When the team that you're rooting for puts you in a position that you can start thinking about, you can start dreaming bigger. It's really like a wonderful time in the horizon of a team or a franchise that has championship expectations. Like, think about what it felt like when Derrick Rose won MVP. What that felt like and what it felt like it was possible that the Bulls were going to be able to do. Or, when the light clicked on in 2015 for the Cubs, and you're like, oh, these... These boys are real. These guys that we've been hearing about for years and years and years as the Cubs are trying to rebuild, these boys are legit. And they could be a problem for the National League for the next few years. And that has bared out to be true. The Cubs have found themselves being a contender in multiple seasons under Joe Madden and their contender right now under David Ross. That brings us to the White Sox. You know, I can throw a Bears example in there, too. And we can throw the Bears of, of 2005 in there. After that team starts out 1-3, and three, Mike Brown talks about it's like we suck. And then they rattle off, was it, eight in a row or whatever it was. And you were looking at a team that was close to, to trying to reach its goals. It didn't win the Super Bowl, but you understand where I'm coming from. So now here we are with the 2020 White Sox. 2020 is a season that has felt <laughs> bizarre. To say the least, it has felt bizarre. And you look up and in a blink, it's almost over. As I record this, there's 24 games left. And you're like, wow, where did that time go? There's four weeks left in the season. That's it. And the White Sox are in a position, if you look at the percentages, they have like a 95% chance of making the playoffs. And at the beginning of the season, when we're watching them, we're like, wow, we get to see Luis Robert play. Things have changed so much in the six weeks that the season has gone on. Because that now is not good enough. That is no longer good enough that they have a chance to make the playoffs. Now, we are looking at them and going, well, these, these like the Cubs in 2015, these boys are real. In a year where we were maybe talking about development, where we were talking about, well, Robert is going to have to learn to adjust to Major League Pitching, and he still is. Well, we'll see if Nick Madrigal can hit Major League Pitching. So far, he hits it where they ain't. And we'll see if if Aloy takes another step. He has offensively. They made all these moves in the offseason. And you're thinking that the move for 
Yasmani Grandal and Edwin Encarnacion and Dallas Keuchel is for 2021. You're thinking it might take them a little while to learn how to win. And then you're thrust into a 60-game season. And they get off to a hot enough start that you can start believing in something in something bigger than just, man, it would be awesome if in the expanded era of playoffs, the White Sox were in the playoffs. If they could just get there, it would be valuable experience for the White Sox to get into the playoffs. Now, now I look at, we're all going to look at, at the 2020 playoffs in baseball with a bit of a jaundice eye. We're going to look at it that way and we're going to be like, yeah, well, what about the champions? If your team wins, though, you're not going to care. If the White Sox win, you're not going to care. I look at the division and winning the division as a real validation, mainly because so many games are played inside your division this year that it feels it, it feels very validating. And if the White Sox fall short of it, I'm not going to be mad. But the idea that they now have a legitimate shot of winning the division is, is something that we could have really only dreamed about six weeks ago. Once the baseball had figured itself out and, and figured out that, oh, well, we're going to try to play, we're going to try to make this happen, and it's been safe enough, it definitely has its problems, it's been safe enough for there to be games played, and it looks like, barring any sort of COVID outbreak, that the White Sox are going to play 60 games this year. They're going to play as many games as anybody this year. You're expecting that it's Yoan Moncada that leads him, and he's been fine when healthy, but he hasn't been healthy for most of the season. They've gotten the Lucas Giolito that you wanted to see in 2020. Dallas Keuchel's been better than you expected him to be. Yasmani Grandal is still trying to find himself a little bit, but he's come through with some clutch hits in some big moments. Encarnacion is starting to click on a little bit right now. But Luis Robert has a chance to be the MVP of the American League. He's got to fight Jose Abreu for it. Those guys were named this week. Abreu was the player of the month for the last month. And the rookie of the month was his teammate, Luis Robert. You throw in there Aloy being in the top 10 in offensive categories. And Tim Anderson having an incredible year at the plate. You have four guys that are going to find votes for MVP if they continue doing what they're doing. And now, now we start thinking a little bit bigger. And it feels good, Tony, Tony, Tony. Feels good that that you are now in a place where you go, I expect them to win series now. I get frustrated when they don't play well. Like, you look at Monday and Tuesday's games. Those games were frustrating because for the first time this season, the White Sox didn't play good defense. They they looked they were making mistakes in the field that were not even mistakes of aggression. They were 
mistakes of, of being passive. I asked Steve Stone about this. And as per usual, he gave a really incredible thought out answer about the idea of expectations changing. And listen to what he's saying about what he wants to see from the White Sox in the last 24 games. Because I thought that I was taking it seriously. Stoney's taking it really seriously. Well, there's no doubt that uh, this group has taken great strides forward, led by some wonderful deals by the front office. And so everybody looks at the trade deadline. And let me give you a couple of different viewpoints. At the trade deadline, the teams that acquired people, they, they say to their teams, because this is what everybody says, well, the front office is showing the team that they are committed to winning this year. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Another way of looking at it is they are telling the team, as it was constructed before the trade deadline, that they didn't believe that those guys were good enough to get there. So they went out and got other guys. So from the White Sox perspective, there's a couple things that went on. Number one, the price for each and every one of the players that you thought you could add was getting exorbitant. As soon as the Clevenger deal went down and everybody knew that it was going to be a big deal, Uh, You look at the return Cleveland got, and it's enormous. It's three major leaguers. It's three minor leaguers. Granted, they're not in the top six of the prospects for San Diego, but they're pretty good. The price for Clevenger was astonishingly high. That kicks up the price for Lance Lynn, a price that not only the White Sox, but a lot of other teams didn't want to make. So the way that I think you have to look at it and how the White Sox, I'm sure, looked at it was twofold. One, is you don't want to you don't want to break up what they've built for the future. Uh, you don't want to give up a whole lot of young kids when it took so long to put them together. And two, which is the other side of the coin from yeah, the front office is showing us they really want to win. The front office is showing everybody in that locker room they love the chemistry, they like the way the team is put together, and they believe that the guys they have currently are good enough to get the job done. So that's one way to look at it. That's a philosophy that the front office, I'm sure, took. Price was too high as far as youngsters. We believe these guys can get there. Okay, that's one aspect. The other is for these guys, and by these guys, I'm talking about the entire coaching staff and the guys in that dugout to go out now and prove the faith that the front office had when they said, we believe you guys are good enough. We don't want to disrupt the chemistry. We don't want to mortgage our future for this year. And that's what you have to do. And with that in mind, you know, we knew that this was a sprint. Well, now we get to the point where you can't really build character any longer. Hmm. You can think that a guy's going to do it, but if he's not doing it, get another guy. I mean, you're going to fit people into places, and if they're not getting it done, what are you looking for? You're not looking for next year with a certain amount of guys here because a lot of guys are here in a one-year deal. They're here to make this team as good as they could make it this year. And, again, when you look, if guys aren't getting it done, you try to do something else because going down with the ship with guys who have had, at this point, what, 55 or heading to 60% of the season, going down with the ship with guys who have given ample opportunity and they just are not getting it done. And there are very good reasons. But at the end of the day, the saying, Lawrence, is don't tell me how rough the water is, just bring in the ship. The good reasons don't matter anymore. Nothing matters anymore except 24 games. Each and every one is a world unto itself. 
if you win the day, you'll get to the playoffs. Winning the day every day, that's the way you have to look at it. And so you got to put everybody, all hands on deck, everybody in a position to win the day every day. And I think from here on out, that's what you're looking for. That's a different vibe from where we were all at in July. In July, it was about development and seeing if guys can take that next step. And now you've seen enough to understand that the development is taking place and it might be happening at a faster pace than any of us expect it for it to happen. So I'm here to tell you hooray for this time because this is exactly what you want as a fan. When teams decide that they are going to tear it down to build it back up, these are the results. The results of a contending team. A contending team that now has some some real expectation to it. I hope that they go forth and make it worth everybody's while. A division banner in 2020 might seem like a small thing when we're talking about such a small sample size of a season. And I'm not sure that considering some of the issues of the White Sox in a 162-game schedule where they did have to play against teams out of the American League East and West, if it would look this good. But I am I am here for it. I'm here for every minute of it. I'm here to, to see them continue to improve and to impress and to speed up the process of rebuilding. That's where they are right now on the south side. Now the expectation is, Oh, we've seen you guys are good. Now go win. That AL Central banner, if they ever pick it up, would be a really great thing to have flying. Even though it's 2020 in the middle of a pandemic in a shortened season. It would mean a lot, and I think it would mean a lot to the people on 35th and Shields. I know it would mean a lot to me. So here's hoping they make that happen. Thanks for listening.